All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back. <laughs> Jason Greger. Connor Halley with you. Uh, Declan Kruger on Sports 1440. <laughs> you know, like there's some like people I, I really appreciate people when they just have subtle funny humor. And we were uh watching listening to the uh the mock Mike Babcock press conference when uh, Babcock breaks his sign. And for those of you who haven't heard it, we're going to play it coming up because oh my goodness. It is <laughs> the line <laughs> Uh, so we, we, uh, oh, we don't say sorry in the Babcock household. <laughs> like, you gotta see the whole premise. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, what a dick. But it's funny, man. Welcome back to the show. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you on the Sports 1440 presented by Play Alberta. .ca. It's time for the uh, Speck Report. I'm not sure if Specs watches, but I know his sense of humor, man. He would love it. Uh, Speck Report brought to you by uh, GS Construction. And I, I, hey, they know that it's no laughing matter when you are stuck in traffic and there's lots of construction. But hey, be safe, be patient. They want to get everything finished so you can get back on the road. It's GS Construction. As uh, Mark Spector joins us once again, Speck, have you seen those uh, those mock Mike Babcock <laughs> videos? Yeah, that guy does a great Mike Babcock. You gotta give him credit. You gotta watch it. Like it's you can listen to it, and and I'm, it'll be good on your show. Oh. But you gotta you gotta see the guy's face because oh. he makes all the same facial gestures that Babcock makes. He's really good. Whoever that guy is, oh. he does a hell. Like Babcock. Wow, sure. just the the lines and how he talks about it. Oh man, it's like like I, I probably shouldn't laugh because you know what? Obviously, there's some people that you know that uh, Johan 
Bronson and others that, um, you know what, uh, he went way, way, way too far with. But in, in this situation, what they're talking about in Columbus, just how it goes down, it was, uh, sometimes you got to laugh at, the, at that situation like that. And, uh, I thought that was very well done. Um, the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, last night, hey, it's preseason hockey spec. I don't get too caught up in the score. You know, that they get to overtime. You got McDavid and Dry Settle on the ice and Evan Bouchard fires a perfect quick pass. McDavid jumps off the uh, bench. Mm, no one picks him up. No one's catching him. And, uh, it's game over. And so the, uh, the Oilers win. You know, it was, there was long stretches of a whole hum. Nothing's happened in that game, which I get. Um, but what were your thoughts on Connor Brown, his first game in 11 months? Well, when a guy's coming off an ACL like him, I just want to see a guy that keeps up. Uh, and there's no issue there. He's as fast as any guy. I mean, relatively speaking, as yeah. fast as any guy out there. He's not lagging. He seems to be able to – I'm watching them. I watched them four or five shifts and, you know, just focused on him. Stops and starts, quick turns, doesn't do the big loop, right? He hits the brakes, goes the other way when the puck – Goes all the things yeah. you want to see out of a guy that proves to you that the skating's not an issue. I think he's, you know, I think we saw this on the practice ice, Jay. We saw it at Captain Skates. We've seen it in camp. So there's still going to be a lag in any player who's missed an entire season. You know, the quickness of the game. I think what what, what do they always say, Jay? The game's going so fast when you get out there for the first few times. It, there's a period of time for the game to slow down, even for an NHLer like Connor Brown. But he seems to be well on his way. I don't see how this is going to be a, you know, take three months for him to get up to game speed here. No, I wouldn't think so. And uh, we'll hear from Connor Brown coming up after you. I actually, had a conversation with him today outside the uh, the Orders dressing room and. You know what? Uh, he said it was just kind of a relief. Uh, you get through that first game and there's lots of excitement. And uh, you know what? Now it's just about, you know, getting your timing to, to where you want to be and, and different things like that. Um, what'd you make of Stuart Skinner? And what, uh, like, you know, we talked about it the other day on, on the split rotation. Jack Campbell, uh, you know, I think to start the season spec, it's pretty clear that Skinner's a starter. Uh, you look, he's been in the starters net in practice all the time. He got the first game. Campbell will play Friday. Skinner probably plays Saturday. And, uh, you know, then we'll play again. They'll probably each get three games here down the stretch. But when, when I look at Stu Skinner, he had a pretty good year last year, right? Like he was 14th in save percentage as a rookie. Like what's a realistic expectation of a season for Stuart Skinner? Well, you would, I guess I look at it two ways. I've seen a lot of sophomore jinxes. So I think if you told me starting right now, he's going to have the exact same regular season stats and be the exact same goal. I'd take it right this second. If I'm the Edmonton Oilers, okay. right? Because a lot of guys, uh, this isn't me predicting anything. I'm not saying anything about Skinner, but a lot of second-year guys have a hard time doing what they did in the first year. Yeah. So, listen, 14th in the league in save percentage, what's what's wrong with that? That's good enough, man. You know, we said the other day, uh, um, Aiden Hill wasn't anywhere close to that, and he's wearing a Stanley Cup ring. So that's a place to start. You know, a little bit more consistent, right? A little, you know, his in season was interrupted last year. He had a baby boy, his wife did, and and – you know, now he's been around the league. He knows what to expect. I, I guess the improvement I like to see is to see him look like a, like a little bit more of a veteran goalie. And he's got such a calm demeanor, Jay. Right? He's such a, you know, he's a he's a thinker. He's a, uh, you know, he's a pretty old soul. I guess you'd say. Yep. I have I have no doubts about this kid. I know why he's. They want him to be their number one. Let's face it. Is Jack Campbell going to finish this contract as an Edmonton order? Chances are probably not. 
Stu Skinner is the goalie of the future in this city, and, and he's going to start out as, as the number one this year, absolutely. Nurse and Bouchard, if you start them together, would, do you play Ekholm in your second pair with either DeHarnay or Broberg, or do you put CeCe with Ekholm? No, I like I like what they're doing. I like CeCe and uh, Kulak. I think they're a real good PK unit. That's a nice third pairing. If that's your third pairing. I think you got you're in pretty good shape. Sure, the guy that's playing with Ekholm is a bit of a question mark here, right? Can we? I mean. If I'm if I'm Dave Manson, I'm thinking, can I get Ekholm the minutes I want to get Ekholm while tagging him with a partner mm-hmm. in DRNA or Broberg? Or yep. is this going to cost Ekholm some ice time, right? Because I don't want to cost Ekholm any ice time. So that's the puzzle, the piece of the puzzle. There's one sort of weak piece of this puzzle, and we all know where it stands. It's a second pairing right side guy. You know, I think the orders would love it to turn into Broberg. I think it might be more likely it turns into DeHarnay, but I guess we're going to find out, hey? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? The, it's interesting. and Where it starts could be very different. Like, it might not be Phil Broberg on October 11th. That doesn't mean it can't be Phil Broberg in December yeah. or February, right? Like, it's a long season, right? Vincent DeHarnay wasn't here last year and ended up uh, being a, a decent player for them down the stretch and into the playoffs. So you, know, you never know what can happen of course, for, for certain guys and, and where they're going to fit in and, and where they're not. Um, did you see anything either way, Lane Peterson, Brandon Sutter, do you, do you see an advantage or is Raphael Lavoie still in the mix? Because, you know, those two didn't really do anything to cement it for themselves. Said it too many times. Brandon Sutter, if Brandon Sutter is Brandon Sutter, those other two guys, there's no room on the roster for them. Right. And Brandon Sutter looked like Brandon Sutter last night. He won important faceoffs on the five on three. That's where that's that five on three faceoff, 20 seconds left in the first penalty. Mm-hmm. That used to be, uh, and, you know, I know it's preseason, but that that has always been Leon Dreisaitl's faceoff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if I'm, if I'm Woodcroft, what I want is someone else to throw over the boards in the five on three, not wearing number 29, who can get the job done. Yeah. Last night, Sutter got the job done. If he gets that job done, if he's going to save some hard PK minutes for Leon Dreisaitl, those other guys, I don't care how well Peterson plays, he's not beating out Sutter. And unfortunately for Lavoie, he's the he's the 22nd guy on a 21-man roster. Uh, you know, it's hard. I mean, if there's an injury, he'll stay. If there isn't an injury, I, I just don't possibly see a scenario by which he'll stay. The one thing I'm hoping, Jay, the one thing that, that I, if I could have my way with something this year, I hope we don't see much of this 11 and 7. I can't stand 11 and 7. I can't. I don't like the way you, you take a guy like Broberg or, or DeHarnay and make him your seventh defenseman and he gets three minutes. I don't think that helps anybody. I don't like the way you start two orphan wingers and you give them a few shifts in the first period and then McDavid gets too much ice time and dry settle and you set him on the end of the bench and you don't use him again. I can't stand 11 and 7, Jake. Hmm. I agree when it, if it has guys that are not that involved, right? Three minutes and five minutes. If if you find a way no. where you're, you're – well, no, there was games in the regular season where you'd see guys getting 10-11, but usually it was a game when you're winning. So um, I, I think when you're winning, it's a lot easier, and that's a way to do it. In the playoffs, though, when, you know, you, you got no time for tomorrow, 
right? So the, the minute distribution in the playoffs was much different, I thought, than in the regular season uh, a lot of times. But I think it's fair, right? Like, some guys definitely don't like it. But I do know that some of the wingers at times, Clean Cawson's like, ooh, I get to play in eight minutes, and three or four of them are with Drysdale and McDavid. Hmm, that's pretty fun. Yeah, okay. I mean, sure, when he got to eight minutes. But I'll tell you, I saw. I remember a lot more games where those two wingers got lost in the shuffle and whoever that poor seventh defenseman was, his ice time ended up with starting with a three or a four. And you, you just can't tell me that you can play hockey playing four minutes out of 60. Like, you just don't tell me you're going to send a guy over the boards about seven times the entire game. He's not even going to have a sweat going on any of them. And you're going to say, play well. If that guy doesn't have a chance of playing well. Jay, start polling defensemen privately, quietly. If you have defensemen on your show, like Struddy and any other guy, make oh, yeah. me a question. Do you like 11 and 7 or do you detest it? And I'm telling you, 90% of the guys can't stand it. Defensemen, they hate 11 oh, and 7. Hey, I don't discount it. I agree with you on that one. No, wholeheartedly. Like Struddy. Although it's funny, Struddy said he didn't like it a lot of times, but at last year he felt like, you know what? He didn't mind it at certain times when the, when, Broberg was getting 10 minutes, 11. He thought it was fine when it was down to three. He didn't like it. So, you know, and that's, yeah. and that's obviously the challenge in, in how they're going to kind of go with it, uh, long term. They're going to play in Calgary tomorrow. Uh, then they're, and Jack Campbell is going to start. Uh, they're going to be in Vancouver. I'm guessing it's going to be Skinner. Uh, then they got a little, uh, team outing and they're going to, they're going to actually have a pickleball tournament. Um, in between Vancouver and uh, Seattle. Yeah, and according to Stuart Skinner... Are they going to fly Craig Button in to referee? <laughs> oh, they might. But according to Stu Skinner, uh, him and Ekholm are rated 1-2. So uh, we'll see. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I asked him yesterday. And, and then Curtis Brown said, well, I'm not going to say where I'm ranked. I'll just tell you guys that uh, I will come in. I will surprise people. I'll be ranked lower than I should. And I'm going to be very good. You know, these guys are competitive. And, uh, you know, it's funny. A lot of oh, them yeah. are playing pickleball. And Brown even said, you know what? We played in my cabin in the summer. So uh, it would be interesting to see see uh, who's going to win that but you know they made some cuts today lots of young guys that, that we you know we weren't surprised by by any stretch of the imagination um you know I, I would expect them to have a few more cuts after uh, the game on friday night or before they leave on saturday um mcleod and ekholm uh, i found out in conversation today that they're both trending in the right direction uh, they, they're not going to play this weekend but they think that you know both guys should have time to get ready for at least one or two preseason games at what point do you have any sort of like if Ekholm doesn't play in the preseason is that when you're like hmm and if he gets into one game you're like this is fine where do you come out on him but Cloud I think is probably going to be back a little bit quicker maybe and he's not as old yeah well but he needs the listen let's work backwards we know for sure what do we know for sure we know for sure that the Oilers want Ekholm and McLeod to have two games everybody wants two games not just one Everybody wants two. So if they don't get two, it's not because it's uh, somebody's preference. It's because they're not ready. So you know what? If McLeod sounds like he's going to get two. That's enough. Two's enough. That's all he needs. He's in great shape. That's all he needs. If, if Even if Ekholm gets one, I'm not going to freak out. But you should know, right? You, you should know that if he only gets one, this thing's lasted a lot longer than you thought. And if he gets none, uh, that's a problem. It's not, he was, you know, <laughs> if he's missed the entire camp and doesn't even get a preseason game, that's not the way you want a pillar on your defense to start a season. But you know what, Jay, I'm going to say this to you too. He's a veteran. He's an older guy. It's to me, it's more important that he gets his rest and he's healthy 
than that he gets in preseason games. This guy can go without preseason games. He'll figure it out. He's got to be healthy. Don't start him hurt. Don't start him with some nagging thing that's going to last through November and go into December. Don't do that. If you got to sit him for another three weeks, sit him for three weeks and get him healthy. Spec, great stuff, buddy. Uh, are the Jays going to wake up tonight? Oh, boy, they haven't scored a run yet. Uh, I, the guy they're starting, uh, the Yankees are starting, I've never heard of, but I think I might have played against him in the Sunburst League once. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's, I forget his name, but he is a nobody. If they can't get a run off this cat, they better pack their bags and go away for the winter. Luke Weaver. Spec. That's the guy. Luke, Luke Weaver. Weaver. Yes. So there you go. Spec. You got a, you got a Luke Weaver baseball card in your hip pocket, Jay, or what? <laughs> I, I do not, no. Uh, Connor Halley, Connor Halley uh, yelled it into my ear. So. He's a huge Luke Weaver fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, have a great night. You too. That's uh, Mark Spector from Rogers Sports. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from Connor Brown, Leon Drysaddle, and more on the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show alongside uh, Connor Halley. Um, we're going to, we're going to get to the fantasy report now brought to you by next gen transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated. It's nextgentransportation.com. And, uh, usually, you know, we give a lot of fantasy numbers, but today it's, it's like a fantasy interview in, uh, in case you missed it. Uh, the real Joey Mayo is the creator of this. And I need you to pay attention right from the start. Okay. So get yourself in a Zen position where you're going to really absorb everything because there's a lot to take in here in the next two and a half minutes. This was uh, Joey's version of uh, you know, uh, Mike Babcock, if indeed he came out and, and had a press conference after uh, what happened in Columbus. I want you to <laughs> listen very closely to the start because that really sets the tone the very first line of this i think it's brilliant so here it is uh, mike can i get my phone back oh yeah uh, sure look like a fun vacation all right let's get right into this you took the past three and a half years off to rehabilitate yourself do you feel like you made improvements you know Driggs, i need to be better i needed to be better okay so i did a i did a lot of bear hunting with my family I drive a Ford F-150, always have. You know, I don't even want to call it a rehabilitation process. It was more of a recharge. You know, rehabilitation would suggest there was something wrong with me. There wasn't. I just needed to be better. And I'm, I'm better now. Hi, Mike. Elliot Freeman, Sportsnet. Don't you feel like going through players' phones may have been an invasion of privacy? Mm -hmm. Well, you see, the thing is, Ellie, is, 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 uh, these are good boys, good boys with bright futures and who could hopefully become good people one day. Mm -hmm. We aim to build good people here, make them better people. Mm -hmm. Steady on the rudder. Mm -hmm. Hi, Aaron Forsline from The Athletic. Mm -hmm. There was a report that you had a player over your house for lunch, but instead of feeding him, you went through his phone for five straight minutes instead. Mm, well, you know, the thing is, uh, sure, yeah, no. Mm -mm. Was that a yes or a no? Yeah, uh, no. Never mind. Mm. 
So what did you expect to find on these phones? You know, it's a process, Porty. And these are good players, but they need to be better. They need to be better. And I got a little more than I bargained for, not going to lie. Learn which guys were circumcised and which guys weren't. It's a great way to get to know your team, though. Mm. Mm. Sure. I'm failing to see how that's relevant to coaching. Yeah, and uh, how many cups have you hoisted? Hi, mm. mm. Bamba. Steve Conroy, Boston Herald. Got one question for you. What the f were you thinking? You know, that's a that's a great question, Steve. And uh, you know, it's 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 about the journey, and 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 it's about being alive. And the journey for Mike Babcock started out as a young boy hunting bear and moose jaw. It's a process hunting bear, just like anything. And what I think about a lot is 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 the message to our kids. We have to create an environment that's safe for players. And Mike Babcock has a burning desire to win. So I go home, and I love my family, and I come back here, and I love the guys. How's that? That answer your question? Not one bit. Are you at all sorry for what you did? You know, we we uh, we uh, in, we don't say sorry in the Babcock household. We just say we need to be better. Mm. We're all out of time. Thanks for all the insight, Mike. This ain't the end of Babber. I'll be back. Steady on that rudder. Oh my goodness, there is a lot to take in that interview <laughs> like, <laughs> uh real joey mayo i applaud you man that's that's some good humor Trav f150 always have <laughs> oh man it's uh, like it was so dumb at times that's what makes it funny to me that's what made it uh, quite funny so there you go now uh, let's get to uh, let's get to Connor Brown. Of course, uh, caught up with Connor today. He uh, hasn't played a game in almost a full calendar year. Of course, he got injured in the fourth game of the season last October in Washington, and uh, then rehabbed, trained all summer, and of course didn't play in the first two preseason games. Uh, did get into uh, one last night, and I asked him, "Is it like a mental release, or is it just a relief to get back on the ice and feel good?" I think more relief than anything, you know, it's just, uh, it was a long road back and to be, uh, you know, back on the grind again and back playing games. It's just, uh, you know, I feel grateful to, to be there. You know, he kind of puts it all in perspective when it's kind of taken away from you. So it's just, I just enjoyed it yesterday. Um, you know, it was a step in the right direction. Is it pace? Is it making small plays in a you know, small amount of time? What do you feel is the, the toughest thing to get back when you haven't played a game in 11 months? Well, I think it's a combination of everything. Um, adjusting to the pace, adjusting to making plays, um, you know, you know, stopping and stopping your D zone, you know, like little things that uh, are ingrained in you when you're in the season and when you're kind of playing in the summer, it's a little different. So, um you know, I thought it was. Uh, you know, I thought I made some little good little plays and and some plays that I you know I need to improve upon. But it, like I said, it was just uh, it was just really fun to be back out there, and uh, it was a step in the right direction. I know you guys have a pickleball tournament coming up yeah. uh, this weekend. 
Uh, Stuart Skinner uh, was ranking guys and yeah. uh, had himself and Ekholm at the top. Where does Connor Brown rank in the uh, pickleball rankings? Listen, I'm going to keep my rankings low and surprise a few people, but uh, I, I can play. So <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see where I land. Are you more of a net guy? Are you better from the bat- baseline? Where are you? Yeah, I like to push the pace. Um, you know, I like to either throw it back and then go. Hey, it's just, pickleball. I love is because it's a bit of a game of strategy, so it's fun. We play up at my cottage a little bit. Uh, it's a fun game. It'll be a good team builder. How important is it for you? Obviously, you know some of these players, but having a unified team is probably underrated at times and how it allows guys to have success how important is that upcoming weekend for you just to get to know the guys maybe on a different level yeah i know you know what i uh coming in here it's i've been able to get comfortable pretty quickly which is um which is pretty important for me to be able to kind of play my game as well and so uh i'm grateful for that and um you know the guys that I'd known prior to have made me feel comfortable, and all the guys have really accepted me here early, and so it's been um, it's been a great transition for me. And lastly, uh, a lot of the staff has a new. Uh the new staff unis on looking like uh, guys who could change tires that yeah. are working at the tire shop. Could Connor Brown change his own tire? Oh God, I don't think so. No, no, I, I, I would, I would need some help, but no, I don't think I, if I, I'd be in trouble if I got if I popped the popped the tire. It's unbelievable. The staff, it's like they're working at Jiffy Lube right now. It's amazing. They're in there. You know what? Uh, the change in oil. You need an oil change. It's fantastic. Like, I like it. It's great. It's a, cause it's got like their name tag. You know how, uh, when you work at the place and it's got stitched on the, on your left side cons and it's like a small, not a, uh, kind of like a oval semicircle small. Classic and, uh, look. It's got the name tag in there. Oh, they're unreal. I should have snapped a photo of it today. It was amazing. So which, which staff is wearing these? Well, all the, you know, all the, uh, all the trainers and equipment guys and, uh, the, the PR guy, Sean uh, May was wearing his today. So, hmm. oh yeah, they're beauty. Right. It's like, you know, it's, I guess it's a little bit of play on words on oil change. Yeah. Is what yeah. I'm guessing. So it, uh, it looks pretty good. I always wanted one of those, like a jumpsuit with my name on it. A jumpsuit or coveralls? Coveralls. I have a pair of coveralls from premium oil field inspection still with the name on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got, Mine uh, even has the last initial, not first and last name because there was a lot of Jason. So Jason G. Jason G. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a classic look. Oh. You know, anything you got to do around the house, Buddy, you just throw amazing. it on. That was great. Like when you work at a place like that, you don't want to wear someone else's coveralls. No. It's pretty personal. It's like wearing someone else's underwear. It's gross. You're not doing it. Like, give me a break. So you don't want to share coveralls. Yeah. You can tell I've never worked in a job like that by my use of jumpsuit instead of coveralls, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I didn't want to say much there. No, like, no. Hey. Uh, have you ever had anything dirty under your fingernails? Um... No, no, it doesn't no. sound like it. Eh? Like when you have to hesitate, I know the answer. I'm trying to think, yeah, I've changed a tire before, but uh, haven't uh, haven't done it professionally, so no, I'm pretty clean. All right, uh, well, maybe I'll have to get you to work at Camp Torque one time. Yeah, get you in there. <laughs> oh. Put me on the uh, social media side. Old, or something. Uh, yeah, the old uh, <laughs> battery powered nut runners. See if you can run some of those. We'll see. Uh, we'll speed things up in the final segment on a busy Thursday edition of the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. A lot of text flying in at 10 at uh, 833-401-1440. Oh, my goodness, guys. Thanks for the laugh. That was awesome from JR. Even Babcock should like that voice. Uh, you got to have a sense of humor. Uh, hey, I would agree. I've, something tells me he won't, but it was quite funny. It was very, very funny. And, of course, uh, hey, speaking of uh, Jiffy Lube, Stop in right now and you can get yourself a full Penzo synthetic oil change. And when you do, you'll get a $20 digital gift card to be used at any one of their, of 30 local retailers. Support local. That's JiffyLubeService.ca. We'll return and uh, wrap things up in a busy 
Thursday edition of The Gregor Show. Rolling through Thursday afternoon. Welcome back to the E-Well studio with the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And it's time to go a little racing, brought to you by Cantorque. They've continued developing tools and are excited to announce their newest design, battery-powered nut runners. Four models from 500 to 3,000 foot-pounds with more on the way. Go to Cantorque.com. Colin uh, Livingston joins us, uh, getting in quickly. Uh, of course, uh, arriving back uh, out of town, so he's not in studio today, but that's uh, totally all right. Uh CL, how you doing? Uh, hope, th- hope the flight was good and, uh, everything was great. Um, I, I want to get to, uh, to F1. Um, when you look, you know, the past two races, Sergio Perez, uh, I, I don't know if he's trying to show that his, uh, owner was correct in his idiot comments, but, um, he, he's taken out three different cars when the percentages of him passing were very low for success. What do you make? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I don't know what is going through. I mean, obviously, um, he's under fire at Red Bull. There's a lot of pressure for him to perform. I mean, they've got the Constructors' Championship you know, uh, Max has the driver's championship locked up now, but there's a lot of focus to when his contract ends. And, you know, he knows that he's in the best car right now. He needs to be finishing second, you know, kind of worst case scenario should be finishing on the podium. And he's having issues not getting out of Q or getting into Q3. He's having, uh, you know, all kinds of trouble on track. And then, you know, that's manifesting itself in him driving very desperately, uh, where he's making these just absolutely ludicrous uh, last-second dive bomb, like zero percentage chance passes, and yeah, he's taking cars out, and and he's only getting five-second penalties. Which, um, you know, Alex Albon was one of the guys that got taken out uh, in Japan on the weekend, and he said like, you know, realistically, these five-second penalties aren't doing anything. So no. you know, Perez, you know, uh, some. 
they have to come in, fix the car. They park the car for a while. Like, I mean, he, I think he was in the pits for, uh, I mean, it was like 40 laps or something like that. So what's the, what's the penalty? Like, there's no deterrent. There's no, um, you know, no, no ramification for that kind of stuff. And yet you've ended somebody else's race day. So, um, you know, hopefully the, you know, F1 and the FIA take a look at it and, you know, try and figure out, like, listen, and that's why they started these, you know, penalty points is that when you keep doing stuff like this over and over again, you're supposed to miss races and, um, you know, have some kind of consequence. So uh, hopefully they're able to, uh, to sort this stuff out. Yeah, it's, I think it's fair. Like the five second one only matters if, if you're at the top. Otherwise, uh, it becomes uh, rather pointless for some, for sure. Um, uh, you know what? Um, it was it was interesting to see uh, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, uh, you know, going at it, and you know, and that's a tough one for me, Colin, because you know what? It's like, yeah, okay, we're teammates, and, and they didn't take each other out, and sure, it was close, but that's kind of part of racing. So I, I don't know where they come out. I get why they're like, Hey guys, like, and I think it was George, like, are we going to race each other or other people? So I, I get the frustration, but at the same time, it, it, it's kind of good practice because when you're in a tight situation, you need to know how you can push it and how you can defend. No. Well, and especially when you are in different parts of the race, you know, if like the, the accepted practice within a team is they see the telemetry. They know how hard a driver is pushing. Sometimes a driver can but they know he's driving at 100%. So it's it's the team's decision in, in most cases to say, like, listen, George, you've got to give this position to Lewis. Or Lewis give this to George. He's got more pace in reserve to let that happen. It just seems like the last couple of races, they've really been, you know, kind of gloves off, like Ferrari did a couple of races ago at Imola or at um, – those guys were racing, like, <laughs> there was, you know, papers bit uh, room between those guys, and um, I think Lewis kind of made a bit of a statement with George, who was trying a, 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 an overly optimistic pass as they were um, as they were coming to the big left hander, and he just he basically you know ran him out of room, and then you know managed to drive away. Um, but it's it's interesting to see how these these battles happen. I mean, you never want to take your teammate out in any any scenario. But it was also um, it was interesting to me that Lewis also made a comment this week that he thought uh, Valtteri Bottas teammate that he's ever had because it was the right balance between you know kind of a number one and a number two driver instead of you know where where you've got these scenarios where um, you've got a young buck trying to displace the old man. So. It'd be one to watch for, um, you know, as as uh, the season goes on and uh, into next year. Colin Limonson joins us in the uh, Can Torque Racing Report, and you know what, Colin? It's it's it's. Oh, it was only maybe just a one week off for uh, for Red Bull, but uh, they came back and they obviously were uh, were uh, were dominating, uh, especially uh, Max Verstappen. To see how that went, um, but I, I wanna. I want to go. You were talking about that, uh, you know, the, the growth for, um, you know, social media for F1 has, uh, has grown significantly, um, in 2022, but it's dropped a lot in 2023. And I do wonder, it's because like, it doesn't mean the max is bad, but I think any sport where you have it almost predetermined who's going to win, 
your interest drops off. And like we're talking, um, you know, there's the, the amount of interactions and mentions on social media for F1 has dropped from like 6.17 billion down to, to, to 2.16, right? Like it's significant how much lower it is, like a third. So what, but how do you, like, what do you do if you're F1? If you've got one team that's so much better, what do you do? Do you put rules in place or do you just say this is a one-off and next year it'll bounce back? No, I mean, this has been part of F1 as long as the sport's been around, is that when you introduce a new set of rules, one team seems to figure it out better than the others, and they have their run. I mean, you know, Mercedes did it in the Turbo Hybrid era, winning, you know, eight Constructors' Championships. Um, you, you've had Ferrari with their era. Before this, Red Bull um, with Sebastian Vettel won, um, you know, four in a row. This happens, and this is part of the sport where one team gets that little bit, and and they you know they get that domination. I think that's only a part of what's going on. My my personal opinion is that this is kind of the the after effect of the the drive to survive effect, where so many people got so excited about the sport, and once they started watching it, it wasn't nearly as exciting as it gets portrayed in in that highly produced series where there's, you know, they, they really stage the drama, they really kind of manipulate what's going on behind the scenes, and that doesn't really manifest itself when you see an actual race. So the people who are starting were really, really excited, you know, going back to last year and the year before, I think they're starting to drop off. And, and the, the problem is when you, you know, have all this hype, if you don't have the product on track to back it up, you're not going to get anywhere. So, I mean, I think they really need to, um, you know, really focus on fan experience and, and try and throw a few more nuggets of excitement out there. Um, you know, whether it's more behind the scenes stuff or, or, you know, going back to sharing some of that team audio um, that, that gives you an insight as to what's going on instead of just, you know, uh, watching these cars go round and round. And uh, last one, the, uh, how, how did you guys finish the season? In pinties. Oh, if it weren't for bad luck, we'd have no luck at all. I mean, we uh, we weren't really good in the first part of the race, although the car was was solid. Um, you know, we were running as as high as uh, fifth. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely uh, decent in the top ten. Um, came in for a pit stop at the halfway point. Um, once we did, all of a sudden, Alex was just, he, he couldn't figure the car out. He's like, guys, I think I've got an engine letting go. Um, but, like, it seemed like the, the engine was misfiring or backfiring, and um, we, we thought we were losing the, the, the piece. And uh, it turns out we lost the alternator. So the battery uh, started to run dead, uh, which meant that the engine wasn't really firing, which meant, you know, everything else started to, um, you know, to, to fall apart. But uh, we came in, made a pit stop. Unfortunately, uh, NASCAR kind of hosed us because um, there was a caution. We came in under there. We, we wanted to come in under the caution, but NASCAR never opened pit road. And, you know, we were we were talking, you know, amongst ourselves, like, why aren't we coming in? Like, let's come in. Our crew chief, Terry, made the right call saying, listen, we can't see all of pit road. If we come in and there's a safety issue, you know, that could be catastrophic. So we had to wait. We only got one caution or pardon me, two caution laps. 
um, which we needed eight laps to change the battery. We put a fresh battery in and just prayed that, that the thing would get us to the end. But once we got that going, all of a sudden, like Alex is on the radio, and I can't repeat exactly what he said, but he was uh, very exuberant about how good the car was. And, and it's a shame because had we not lost those laps, uh, we would have had something. But, um, you know, congratulations to, uh, you know, our, our young teammate, Trayton Lapsovich. Uh, not only claimed the championship, uh, he did it in commanding style by winning the race as well. Um, so we're we're going to have to uh, you know take a look at what that team did and uh, try and emulate it a little bit uh, in 2024. All right, Colin, we're on the clock, buddy. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll chat with you in studio hopefully uh, next Thursday. That's uh, Colin Livingston in the Racing Report brought to you by Cantor. Let's get to the con man and a sports 1440 update.